This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run a whole lot of education programs for schools, communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run sexual health clinics in the city and Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne and I'm part of the FPV schools and community team. We run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Today, I'm going to be asking one of FPV's doctors, Sarah, about a couple of ways of managing periods, which were perhaps not part of the conversation when parents and carers first learned about periods, period underwear and menstrual cups. We start talking to students as young as grade three or four about periods with just a brief introduction. By grade five and six, students get more information about how periods work how it relates to puberty and fertility, and also more information about how to manage periods. Part of our session is showing different ways in which menstrual blood is collected or absorbed so that women can go to work, go to school, run the country, even when they have their period. We show pads, tampons, period underwear, and menstrual cups. Parents might expect secondary school students to get a review of puberty, including menstruation, in year seven or eight it's a good idea to ask at the school what is being done. Adults at home might not know heaps about the underwear or cups because they're still relatively new. So Dr. Sarah is going to give us some more information. When we talk about periods in this podcast, we're going to talk about what is typical for girls and women. It's important to say at the start that not every woman has a period and some transgender men live with regular periods. Intersex bodies are different too, so this information might not be relevant for all. Hello Sarah, thank you for talking to me today. No problem. Um, Lots of young girls are interested in period underwear, especially if they do sports like gymnastics or dancing as they're less likely to be seen uh, through leotards and things like that. What do we need to know about period underwear? Are they safe to use? How often do they need to be changed or washed? Yes, they are very safe to wear. It's about getting the right fit and the right feeling for the person who's using them. Uh, The way they work is they've actually got an absorbent layer that's inside the underwear and that will then absorb the menstrual flow during the day. They can last the day. They can um, absorb about half a tampon to two tampons depending on the brand. But if some people are having leaks or they want to have a change, then they'll need to have another pair of underwear and know how to carry those or what to do with them. So yes, they're very safe, but like a lot of the products we're going to be talking about today, there is a little bit of a learning curve about how to use them. Mm. And how do they get washed? So they washed as normal, but how in the washing machine, they do take time to dry. So often people will need to have several pairs because of that absorbent layer. So I think that's just something you need to think about. How many do I need? What's the right fit for me? Um, there has been consumer surveys by Choice Australia and they found it depends very much on how heavy the flows are. So there is a little bit of trial and error. Mm, okay. And they're fine for young people to use, doesn't matter how old a person is? No, they're actually a great option to start with. Um, And then they can be used without 
with through your pr- reproductive life, you know, using maybe a cup and underwear and um, maybe having different uh, different products for different days. But as soon as you start menstruating, they're actually a really great option. Girls are often really keen to know about the period underwear and they sort of understand them. They're really easy to understand. But when we show them menstrual cups, they get a bit freaked out. So I want to spend a bit more time talking about menstrual cups. Sure. Can you describe one? I can. So menstrual cups aren't new. They've been around for a long time. Uh, The way they've been made in the silicone and rubber has been around since the 1980s. They fell out of favour when there were cases of toxic shock syndrome with tampons, not the cups themselves. But they are coming back as an option to give people choice, um, to support activities, um, to to let them have a bit more freedom with their period control and also because of the environmental benefits. Mm. So they're a bell-shaped or sometimes a dome-shaped product made of a soft, flexible, either silicon or rubber. They have a little stem at the bottom of them. That's to help get them out. Um, And so when you look at them, they do look quite round, but they're very soft and you actually fold them, place them in the vagina and they sit low in the vagina and they collect the flow instead of absorbing it. When somebody's got the right fit and has had some trial and error and had a bit of a chance to to learn how to use them, most users will say that they feel very comfortable and they don't notice them. They can be worn up to 12 hours, but most people sort of wear them between an 8 and 12 hours time. So they can be, uh, so they are quite comfortable, but that's what they they look like and feel like. Mm -hmm. And how do they work? So they collect the flow instead of absorbing it. They sit in the vagina now some will actually sit around the cervix and have a little bit of suction so one of the things is about learning how they feel and how to get them in and out and most providers will have websites that tell you how to do that and um, you know we are starting to try and get more patient information to to aid that Mm. Um, they collect it and when you remove the cup the flow will actually be in the cup and then that is then disposed in the toilet. You would wear a cup during the day and then you would wash it with soap and water at the end of the day or when you're changing it over, uh, maybe to go to bed at night. At the end of your period, you do need to sterilise them. Um, Mm. And so that actually needs to be boiled in hot water. So it can be worn overnight as well, so all day and then overnight. That's one of its benefits is that often people will have a heavier flow and that's when they might leak and they're worried about using it at bedtime. But yes, they can be worn at night. Mm. And just like a tampon, they shouldn't feel like anything in the person's body? No. Um, As I said, menstrual cups do take a little bit of time to get right for want of a better word Uh, there's a range of sizes and a range of um, providers and so it does mean that you might need to do a little bit of online education have a look at the sizing guide you also need to be comfortable with feeling your shape and size because you do need to put your fingers inside your vagina and you do need to get a bit of a sense of how you feel and how the cup feels in your body so it is for people who feel comfortable being able to touch their vagina and their cervix and and they come in different sizes lengths and widths so it is a little bit of education than trial and error and but once they're in they should feel very comfortable Mm. at what age could someone use a menstrual cup 
You could use it from the minute you start menstruating. You can use it if you're young. You can use it if you've never been sexually active. There are smaller cups on the market and that's probably what we would suggest is um, looking at the, the ones that are designed for the when you first start using them. You do need maybe a little bit of support if you've never popped in tampons or had any sexual activity, but it's not something that you can't use. Mm. And the vagina actually gets larger during puberty. So before someone's 18... They would need a smaller cup, is that right? Um, so, I mean, everybody's shapes is is bigger or smaller or different. Um, however, the vagina is uh, a space that will get bigger and it can stretch. It's just working in your what you feel comfortable. Um, so I would probably recommend smaller cups. I'd even say to people who are first using cups to have a little think about using a smaller one, getting used to it, but the risk is leakage. So mm. that's where, and I think it's the same with tampons as well. Yes, we were talking about you need to go online and have a look at these things, but tampons take a little bit of education as well mm. and getting the right pad for people. So I think it's just getting to know your own body, which has benefits as well as thinking about what menstrual product you want to use. Mm. Some people might have the idea that a person has to be sexually active to manage their period either with a tampon or a menstrual cup. Is that true? No, it's not true at all. It's all about the shape and the fit and what feels comfortable for you and having choice for you which, which product you'd like to use. Mm-hmm. Is there a risk of toxic shock from think, using cups? I think that's the main concern for most people. There's been a recent meta-analysis, which is where they've collected up all the studies who've looked into menstrual cups, whether they've looked at leakage or infection or use. And what they found is the risk of toxic shock syndrome with menstrual cups is actually lower than tampons. It's not zero. There have been case studies of toxic shock, but they're in the low numbers. And so you are at no more risk than a highly absorbent tampon and you may actually be at lower risk. Mm. Uh, so using the good hygiene and washing and sterilising after use would be really important? I think so. I mean, when we're talking about putting them in and out, you want to have clean hands, you want to have had washed the cup, and it is important to wash the cup with soap and water. The sterilising is at the end of the cycle. So once your period's finished, you sterilise it and then you keep it clean. Um, things like a little plastic bag, you know, like mm. the freezer bags, you can put things in there, seal them up, they'll be ready for the next time. Mm. So that is really important. But good hand hygiene with using pads and tampons is also really important for infections. Mm. If someone's choosing menstrual cups, what could go wrong with using it? I think the main thing that could go wrong is leakage. And that's really just about size and shape and fit. Um, and as I've sort of spoken about throughout this podcast, there are multiple types of menstrual cups and multiple sizes. So often leakage is that the cup's probably a bit too small or the period underwear is either too small or too large. So don't be afraid to try out different ones, um, try out different shapes to get the right fit for you. It, it can take time and so don't give up on them. There are many different options. And because they're kind of expensive, like they're around $40, mm. $50, yeah. um, it's a bit hard to sort of experiment with different sizes with that investment. C- could someone go to a doctor and ask, hey, what size should I get? Um, I think you could definitely talk to a doctor about your shape and size. There is also measuring guides on a lot of these websites of the products. So um, a little bit of shopping around can be helpful before you buy. Uh, What are the advantages of using a cup? 
So I think one of the big advantages is the environmental impact. Um, pads and tampons significantly contribute to waste in our society. There's also the cost. The cost of tampons and, and pads over your lifetime is, is quite high. Yes, there is a higher cost to buy your first cup, but if you think that most cups, some people will replace them after a year, some people they will go a little bit longer, you're significantly decreasing your costs. Uh, they also find that um, it gives you uh, a lot of control in your day. Um, you can wear the cups up until 12 hours. The period mm -hmm. um, underwear, as we've talked about, is quite good for those people who want to be free and do active sport. And so it actually it helps with your activities and, and what you want to do mm -hmm. during the day. And especially for a young person who maybe doesn't want to manage their period at school. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes, you could actually wear it during the day and manage it at home. Which would be a big advantage for some people. What advice do you have for parents or carers who want to help their young person use cups safely? I think I've said it several times and, and I don't want to put people off, but there is a little bit of education and learning about how to use the menstrual cups. The good news is there's a lot of really good online resources. So all of the providers have gone out of their way to put a lot of education on their websites. Yes, they're coming from the companies that are actually selling the product but most of them having looked through them do have information about what's the right size it's okay to use when you're young this is what they look like how to marry manage periods so that can be really helpful there is also some really good information on choice they've actually done some consumer trials and and so I think that's really useful because you're buying a product and they've got information there also talking to your doctor, um, talking to perhaps your school nurse, getting a little bit of information. And I think if parents and their young people have had a little bit of time to sit down and read these things, then it can help with starting to use it. Mm. I think the other thing is also when first buying the cup, it's about the release and the putting in. So you do actually need to give the cups a bit of a squeeze and help them go in. So I think... Mm -hmm. And some companies recommend like a... Uh, lubricant or something That's on right. the cup That's to right. help so I think um, for want of a better word having a play with it nice and clean before you use it together with your young person so that if there is any concerns you've both worked on it together um, and also being involved and helping that person who's using it with the maintenance. I'm not saying do it for them, but this is something that's going to need washing or sterilising depending on which product and perhaps setting up a routine for your young person. So they're very involved, but that you're there to support them because that's the other thing that's really going to help this work mm. during the day and during the activities that they want to do. Mm. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm going to link to some of those resources, remembering that all the brand websites, they're, they're advertising for the different companies, so they're going to be really specific and a little bit different. Uh, but you mentioned the Choice article. We'll link to that as well. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you to Sarah for talking through period underwear and menstrual cups. Here's some key things which stood out for me in this discussion. Menstrual cups are for anyone at any age. When learning how to use period underwear or menstrual cups, there's probably a learning curve in how to manage those things. These products have really high environmental benefits and also cost benefits over time. Just like any other period management product, it's really important to have good hygiene. Some resources that I'll link to in the podcast notes, Lunette sells menstrual cups. They also have a YouTube channel with short videos about menstrual cups and how to use them. Diva Cups also have a website and information. See also Diva Cups smaller sizes marketed for under 18s. <laughs>
I'll link to the choice article that Sarah mentioned and also ABC Daily Life has some information uh, about menstrual cups. For more information about FPV, you can go to fpv.org.au, follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. You can contact me directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. Please subscribe to the podcast, like it if you like it. Uh, And thanks so much for listening.